This is CliffCentral.com. Sanmunanonke, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks to Gaz and the gang. Back again tomorrow. Rory Sang. Yo. Lekka. I love your pajamas that you brought into studio today. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very sexy style for you. It's a good look. Yeah, good leave, look, leave me and my pajamas alone, man. <laughs> By the Sorry, way, have I'm you giving, seen? Have I'm you giving, seen? I'm giving, <laughs> I'm giving you away. <laughs> have you seen the the cool thing? Learn Learn Pitori on Twitter. Oh no! Oh, this is there's an entire there's an entire oh, it wasn't started baby, but there's an entire introduction to my spitori on on Twitter. I've been telling you guys this is the next best thing, and now look, it's blown up. It's all over Twitter. So is there what's that thing called? Uh, p- p- uh, what's that thing that that you told me a, a little while ago? Piti piti or what's it? Oh man, I'm gonna have to remember. Yeah, I, you're gonna I have to remember. Back. Yeah, it's you. You you said the saying to me, and then you said you can't quite explain it unless, unless you're from Victoria. Victoria. Like, uh, papar, is papar, that papar, papar, papar. What yeah. does papar mean? Is it there? Uh, no, actually, we should add we that, should to, add the, that. To, the speaking, yeah. add to the yeah, dictionary. Yeah, we were driving, we were driving in the street, and papar, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a cat came out of nowhere, and we almost, we almost crashed. Yeah. All right. So listen, last week we had a crazy conversation with Makosi Koza. It was, it was. Incredible! What a very fascinating frank speak like mm. frank conversation. discussion mm. conversation with her. Um, we went on for ages, um, and we decided to actually go on after the show uh, because it was just such a brilliant conversation. I actually think round two is even better than round one. Oh, absolutely! I think uh, she goes. Uh, she kind of began to gain her confidence or whatever it was that she, she was just, getting and she just, she just lost just, it she was like okay yeah, i'm done with you and now. she like, says you know what i uh, what's the point either way i think at some stage she realized i'm gonna get uh, some of the stuff i've said in round one i'm gonna get discipline for i might as well just mm. do this she i might as well do this properly yeah, yeah. and yeah. now um we're hearing talk that she might be going into disciplinary so please, without further ado, uh, if you haven't listened to to the to round one of Makosi Koza, do yourself a favor. It is fantastic. I had so many people phoning me, Rory, and going, "Wow, now why isn't that woman our president?" Mm. And and I sincerely agree. I think she's amazing in her sincerity. I think she just is a straight talker. And I think if you enjoyed round one, then this is definitely going to be a great, great, great round two. Uh, and if you missed it, just go to cliffcentral.com forward slash frankly speaking, and it will be there. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, without further ado, let's uh, link everyone up to the conversation after the conversation. Uh, the conversation that we had with uh, Dr. Makosi Koza, an ANC member of parliament who has been very outspoken in recent times about the, the, the immorality of the ANC and the insistence that uh, parliamentarians do a secret ballot. So over to round two. Enjoy. In round one uh, of our conversation, you, you ended it off by saying, why did I leave Ahang and so on, um, which, is a, which is an interesting conversation. I, I wonder whether there is space in politics uh, for people like, for example, yourself. Politics operates according to a certain system, um, and in order to change the system, there's a big question around whether you have to be on the inside to change it or whether you have to be on the outside to change it. Now, from your point of view, um, what is the best way of changing the current trajectory of the ANC, inside or out? Okay, let me speak as an academic here. Mm. Okay. My view is that 
liberation movements are relevant to take us to the first stage of uh, liberation. And that is getting systems in place, like for example in South Africa, we can now vote. And remember the majority of the people were disenfranchised. And getting the new constitution in place, getting the new laws in place, and uh, putting together um, the policies that are speaking to, uh, that are informed by the mission of the liberation movement, such as ensuring that, um, you know, everyone is equal before the law and so forth. Mm -hmm. However, I don't think that liberation movements, and this is really, really based on observations of what has been happening in the continent. I think liberation movements tend to be stuck. I'm talking about as an organization, tend to be stuck in the glories of yesteryear. Mm. And I don't think they are able to adjust into becoming a political party as opposed to being a liberation movement. I think they, um, they expect the liberation movement culture when they are a ruling party. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it, it just doesn't sit together because, you know, during liberation movement, you are fighting that ruling party. You are fighting the nationalist party. Now you are the one that is the ruling party. So I am saying, I don't think liberation movement, if I were to put this numerically, I would say a liberation movement, maybe 10 years is okay. Mm. Post 10 years after independence, um, they begin to fumble. And that is why in Ghana, the political party in Ghana is less than, Kwan uh, Nkrumah's party is less than 10%. And uh, I understand that even in Kenya, it's the same thing. So that that's the reality that I think we need to come to terms with. A lot of questions around the current state of the ANC um, with these Gupta leaked emails. Um, I'm sure you're aware of them over and over and over again. Give us your sense. Uh, there's uh, there's some questions here on social media around uh, resignations, um, and there's a long list of them. <laughs> so let me ask you. Uh, Mosa Benzezwane, should he resign as the Minister of Mineral Resources in the light of last week's Daily Maverick uh, discussions or revelations uh, in terms of the Gupta leaks and how there was a funding of a wedding uh, here in South Africa. Should he resign? Should uh, Jacques Vessels and Moses Hosanna from KPMG also resign, given their involvement in this whole th- debacle? Um, and this is a long question on, on, on WeChat here, but should Lynn Brown also resign? as Minister of for Public Enterprise, for lying to Parliament about ESCOM payments to Trillion. Your thoughts generally? Let, 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 let me say this to you. One, I don't have the authority to say certain minister must resign. I'm mm. in the political, I'm part of the African National Congress. Um, however, I do think that if the ANC wants to survive, 
and wants to modernize, the ANC has got to take a decisive action on all those that are implicated. A decisive action is not just about saying, establish a commission here and there, mm. but to take a, take a decision because that is subdelegating a decision. To me, I think the ANC is a, is a political party. These are their members. What is it doing about that? Is, are their acts consistent with the ANC constitution? Mm. If not, then why is the ANC, you know, not bringing all those people within a disciplinary uh, committee? The other processes of commissions are other processes. They must not be mixed with the, the organizational processes. That's the only way you are going to root out the rot. I'm afraid if the ANC does not take action on this, it will continue to spiral downwards. It's interesting, uh, Rory, I, I want to bring you in a little bit here. We've got a question from uh, Luke Jordan on WeChat, uh, talking a little bit about the secret ballots, and we saw what happened in the Constitutional Court. We also saw at the ANC policy conference, Jacob Zuma saying, why do you keep going to government when you get a bad answer at Parliament, which is a very interesting space uh, to discuss. Um, Luke has a question for you, Dr. Koza, which says, uh, if the president is established of a secret ballot to remove a president, does, um, do you think anything to stop national politics going the way of Mohale City? Um, and for those of you who don't know Mohale City, there was the whole thing about, um, a mayor was removed, uh, by secret ballot where people paid off certain members to vote in a certain way. Um, so, is the secret ballot the way to go? We know we've had seven secret ballots of, of votes of no confidence, and not secret, but votes of no confidence that didn't go the way that everyone thought they would have or should have or could have um, against President Zuma since 2014. Do you think that the secret ballot's going to do anything different? Does Let it set a bad president? The, 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 the thing that we have to understand about the ANC is that um, we believe in democratic centralism. Okay. That's what the ANC believes in. But um, there are times when a matter, because to me, what I don't find consistent with the ANC application of um, policies is the fact that when we had a, a vote on the uh, pro, those who were pro-abortion and those that were, were pro-life, the ANC allowed... Uh, members to vote with their um, conscience. But now this is a moral issue. To me, it's a moral issue because it's not just about an individual. To me, it's not just about uh, the, the figure called the President Isuma. It's about the office and its implication in a range of other things that have happened. I mean, we've been dealing with scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal. Mm. To me, that is a moral question. It's no longer just about whether you are a, a, a rebel that is insubordinate, that, that is, that is, uh, you know, maybe, uh, no longer, uh, 
forming part of party discipline. To me, party discipline is also being able to stand for the organizational values that you were socialized in. And the, the organizational values that I was socialized in, uh, I was socialized uh, into believing that you can never do something that is against society. Now, on the 7th of April, we've had society standing up. Mm. To me, that is a moral issue. It's no longer just those seven votes. And I think even the president is missing it. If he keeps on talking about those seven votes in parliament, those seven votes were merely amongst us as members of parliament. Now this thing has been escalated to society. It's no longer about the 400 members. It is now about the people standing up and saying, you 400 members, we want you to vote in this particular way. Mm. If you do so, do it at your own peril. To so, me, that is what makes it different. So you're saying that you were one of the people that voted for President Zuma to stay in those non-secret ballot and votes of no confidence. And let me tell you, I am part of the ANC, and in the ANC, once a decision, when you are a, a collective, no matter, democratic centralism means that once the center or once the highest structure has made a decision, a pronouncement, and uh, it has been allowed to be debated, and probably you have had your own dissatisfaction or your own opposition with that, but you are in the minority. And, um, and this matter has been subjected to a vote within internal structures. If you are now defeated, you can't then go out there and vote against a party. Mm -hmm. But I am saying that was the situation then during those seven votes. Now this is different. This is no longer about that ANC democratic centralism. These are South African voters. Remember the ANC people who voted the ANC into power are not the one million, less than one million members that we have. Mm. We were voted by over 11 million South Africans. Now the people that marched are not necessarily ANC members. They are not card-carrying members of the ANC. And I want to argue that they may be ANC voters. And how do I defy ANC voters? So that is where the moral question comes in. And my frustration is that I think the leadership keeps on saying this is coming from the opposition, therefore it should not be supported. But I am saying... Yes, the opposition might be seizing the opportunity, mm. but to me, in a democratic, in a developmental state, and this is my understanding of a developmental state, a developmental state is not oppositional. A developmental state is developmental. In other words, in as much as I need your vote as the DA when I wanted to push a particular policy, like the NDP, which was supported by many parties. Mm -hmm. So I expect that if the DA one day is coming with something that makes sense, 
then I should be, I should vote with it if it makes sense to me. It should not be, and I don't think what the ANC was established in order to be oppositional. Mm. Otherwise, why are we calling ourselves Democrats? <laughs> if you are a Democrat, you don't believe that you are right. And by the way, Socrates says, if you are, if the day you become, you become aware that you don't know, that is the beginning of your wisdom. wisdom. Mm. And if you keep on saying you know it all, that is your downfall. Yeah. In other words, once you say you know it all, mm. that equals arrogance. Mm. Well, pride comes before the fall, and it looks like the ANC is consumed by a lot of pride. Um, you will remember that uh, after the municipal elections, there was a lot of talk about how the ANC needs to reflect. Um, this is a wake-up call. Um, we need to go back to our people. We need to understand. Um, to what extent was that just talk after an election? Uh, but but it's just now it's now uh, after the municipal election, the most recent municipal election, and the results that came through it. A uh, part of which was the loss of some of the key metros, Nelson Mandela Metro, for example, Tswane, for example. Um, there was talk from the ANC about this is a wake up call for us. This is a moment of reflection. Uh, for the ANC. To what extent do you think the ANC has made progress in that regard, or did it become business as usual uh, as soon as as soon as it was forgotten? Well, I may not say this, uh, I may not tell you who the leaders are, but I've had leaders who actually saw no problem with that, that we lost. They think we, we won a lot of municipalities. And some of us, unfortunately, you know, if we are exposed into macroeconomics and you understand a bit of economics, you know that is an ill-informed victory. Mm. You know, um, I mean, how do you celebrate you losing Johannesburg? Mm. That has something which as the, the richest square mile in mm. Africa. Mm. How do you celebrate that? How do you say, how do you not feel uncomfortable that you've lost it when out of eight metropolitan councils, you've lost five in ten years? Mm. How, how do you celebrate that? And the only metropolitan council that is actually a metro in the true sense of the word, in the sense that it meets the criteria of being a category A municipality, mm. To be a category A municipality, I'm a municipal specialist, by the way, I'm the mm. former CEO of Salga. Mm. You need to have conurbations, in other ways, in economic activity centers, a string of them. Now, you have, a, you have Bloemfontein, which is your Mangawung. Mm -hmm. Mangawung, it, it shouldn't be a metro. Yes. You know, mm. it's, 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 it's probably more like Maritzburg. Mm. I don't see it as a metro. Mm. You have Buffalo City. Mm. The only metro in, in, in real terms, the only metro that the ANC still controls is Eteguini. And that Eteguini, we lost 15 seats. Mm. I'm interested, uh, we've got someone on, on WeChat here, uh, Kevin, saying, does it concern you as a former deputy mayor of Peter Maritzburg uh, that Des Van Royen is now the minister responsible for local government and therefore has the oversight responsibility of institutions responsible for water, sanitation and other essential services uh, to people across the country? Does that concern you at all? Uh, that's a very difficult question. One, because I'm a... I'm a member of the ANC and I'm in parliament. And um, I, I wouldn't like to uh, comment specifically 
on the individual uh, Des Van Royen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that is very simple. I honestly think that um, because I don't sit in that committee on, on local government, and as a former um, deputy mayor of Peter Maritzbeck and chair of EXCO of that municipality, I still believe that we have not invested enough in people who have um, who, uh, who are passionate about local government. Mm. And I'm one of those people who really studied so hard the issue of local government. I mean, th- there is no place I never went to. People would remember even the book, the first book of, uh, of local government in South Africa, being yourself representing, representing others, that I authored. I mean, I do believe that I wish I could have been utilized in the space of local governance mm. because I, I, I think I understand the complexities of that environment, not in the capacity of minister, maybe in the capacity of the chair, probably of local government, <laughs> you know, because I, I would know exactly how to hold certain people accountable because it's the environment that I know. Mm. So I'm saying sometimes when ministers are, are, are appointed, they are never necessary, not just about this one, Ryan. We never really apply our minds into matching the skills, the passion, and the drive for that specific hmm. department. Dr. Koza, you, you, you're touching on local government, and uh, we've just had the Auditor General come out with uh, almost devastating results, uh, a continuation of devastating results on the state of our municipalities. So clean audits only represent, uh, represent only 19% of local government expenditure. 19% of all the money that local government spends uh, have been classified as clean uh, or, or represent clean audits. Um, in the 2015-2016 um, financial year municipalities incurred 50% increase in irregular expenditure. Um, yet we've got uh, this policy framework, we've got PFMA, we've got the Municipal Systems Act, we've got all of those. So we've got the policy environment, uh, we've got the policies that should be able to, to curb uh, what's happening. So what now, what, what else then must happen? Um, you said the, the scoper, uh, in spite of having the policies, having scoper, um, this continues. So what, what must change to make sure that, because this is the, the coal phase of service delivery, and if so much money is, is not being used in the way it should be used, these are people who are ultimately suffering. That, that's a very difficult question. But what I can tell you is that leadership is everything. Mm. Leadership is everything. And uh, I am saying that within the context of saying um, remember that uh, auditor general pronouncements are merely about compliance issues. Mm. So that's the basic minimum mm. you need. Mm. You have not gone into the next level, which assesses 
the the delivery, the service delivery, the quality, uh, quality the spend, and yeah. so forth. Yeah. You you are merely talking about compliance issues here. Are you able to produce evidence that the money that you have that has been appropriated um, has been spent in accordance with the, with what has been agreed upon in mm. terms of the budget that has been approved by you as a municipality? Mm. These are the basic things that we are talking about. Mm. And 23 years later, if we are still Still talking about basic things like that, it scares me. Yes. And 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 I am more concerned because I think a local government has a very, very important role to play. By the way, local government is about everything. You are born in a local municipality. Mm. You grow up in a local municipality. You go to school in a local municipality mm. and you are buried in a local municipality. Mm. In other words, a municipality is the expression of your life as a person. Mm. There is no place called the national. Mm. National is just an academic geographic expression. Mm. But at the end of the day, where you are going to sleep tonight, you are going to be sleeping at a municipality. Mm. Isn't it... Uh I just, I just have to say this, the feeling that I'm getting from this. We could change so much in, in government if we just had passionate people doing the things that they need, that they're passionate about, right? I disagree. And, and I disagree on the basis that I've seen a lot of people, young people especially, passionate about wanting to make a difference, go into the public system and either come out feeling very depressed in the sense that their passion alone was unable to make the changes that were required, um, go, young people going in or getting captured within the rot of, of that system. So that's which why, one is you? That's why I'm testing. I was ejected. <laughs> you know I was, uh, <laughs> I was kicked out. So, so, so beyond just passion, what is it going to take to, 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 to move beyond having good policies, having good leadership, having passion, what is it going to take? Because you're right. This is, and this is probably why the votes shifted so dramatically at a local government level, because people feel it. They feel it in their pocket when, when, when the, 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 the electricity rates are increasing. They feel it in, they feel it when light, when lights and when they don't have any potholes services, right? and so on. Yeah. So they feel it and so they make those decisions more easily than they do at a national level when you're discussing philosophies and ideologies. What must happen? Let me tell you, last week, I was actually um, at the public service. I was I was addressing at the public service day, and a journalist, a young journalist, asked me a question similar to yours, mm. which I think is a very very important question that we are asking. And I'm happy that you are actually saying passion is not enough, mm. because this journalist said to me. You know, I'm a young person, but I never, it never even crosses my mind that I must go and work at the public, in the public service. Because I've seen people going there, having their dreams crushed, coming back, I mean, going there, uh, coming out so demoralized or being assimilated mm. into the system. Now, my answer to you is that, and that is what I would love my ANC to get right. The ANC made a very, 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 very important commitment. When the ANC said, declared, 
repeatedly, over and over and over again. Over hundred years, generation after generation, that it is a leader of society. When the leader of society is implicated, its leaders are implicated in over 200,000 emails of corrupt activities. You are now sitting with a leader of society that is no longer, is, that is no conflicted. Yes. A leader of society, remember, and a one, there is a one good philosopher who puts it very well. Once you, if you are a, I mean, if you are a liberation movement, or you become a state, you shape the culture of society. In societies where there is fear, where there is fear, you will find that it is the state that makes those people fearful. And sometimes you may find dictators being voted back in over and over again. And that's because the leadership has already defined what is right and what is wrong. What does the future of the ANC look like? Because what you're saying to me, the feeling I'm getting is that philosophically now, your ANC has died. What is the, the future ANC, of the, the ANC? ANC? The ANC is bleeding to death. The ANC is bleeding to death. I am giving it, as a member of the ANC, the benefit of doubt. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to be the outcome of this policy conference that we are having in June 27, June, July 2017. I'm also looking forward to the outcome of the December 2017 conference. And the way I am speaking now, I am speaking because I wish they could feel what I feel and see what I see and hear what I hear from young people, from South African citizens, from patients in hospitals that I visit on a daily basis. If they don't listen to that, I think it will be time for me to say, I think my ANC is now in its comatose state and I don't think it will be resuscitated. So I am hoping that between now and December 2017, the ANC may still be resuscitated. I hope that there will be more courageous men and women who are going to be able to stand up and say, not in my name. So wow. it, it sounds wow. like it sounds like the ANC has 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 abdicated its role as moral leader in society and only occupies a positional leadership role right now just by virtue of being the party in government. Um we asked in 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 round 1 of of this conversation with you around this ideological vacuum that seems to exist. What is it going to take to restore ANC's moral leadership um, within the South Africa. It, it, it's a very big vacuum that is now... And it sounds... You know, when people think, just remove uh, uh, the president, 
But the president was elected by a system, and that system itself, it means he is a reflection of the values that have now begun to take hold within that system. So it, there are a lot of people, uh, if you're going to look at it from a people point of view, that you'd have to remove and almost insert an entirely new person who hasn't been, you know, you can't put new wine into old wine skins. So you almost need an entirely new wine skin. What is it going to take? It feels almost like an impossible task. There is something, there is a, I'm, I'm hoping that if you visit my Facebook page, there is an article I, I wrote today and I was responding to Karabo. I sent a Facebook page, I sent a photograph of myself and Winnie Mandela mm. and, uh, and we were together at the um, ANC policy conference and I was saying to them, hey, I was with Winnie and, 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 and Mum Winnie was asking me, you know, she was like saying, you know, you represent the legacy that we are leaving behind. And, and I was saying to her, thank you for having given me that fearless spirit. Um, I think you have to be blamed for that. So I shared that <laughs> thing. Then people then started sending, Arabo then sends another photograph where Winnie Mandela was um, bringing uh, the president and, and Cyril Ramaphosa, I'm not sure if you've seen that photograph, she was bringing them together during this policy conference. And she asked me, what is my interpretation of that? And I think I made a very, and this was in response to Karabo. And this is just Makose Koza interpretation. Whatever that I'm saying here is not a party position. It's my interpretation. Mm, mm, mm. I said it to her, you know, to me, that picture, the way I read it, you know, like when you are reading an artist, an artist's uh, painting, mm. you've got to give it your own expression. Right. I said to me, what it was saying was that, um, I think the ANC, if it is serious about its survival and where it wants to go and is serious about modernizing, it's got to give the baton to the new generation that is morally grounded, the new generation that is younger, the new generation that um, optimizes um, the prosperous South Africa that we all want, the new generation that is uh, that optimizes the age of um, information highway and algorithms. The new generation that is not going to be just celebrating the glories of yesteryear, but the generation that is going to be looking forward to making sure that by even right now, starting today, by 2050, it is estimated that there will be 2 billion people in Africa. If we can't, if we can't, um, if we are not empathetic to those young people who are 30 years and have never worked in their lives, mm-hmm. then where is this country going? So I was saying, I wish the whole leadership could take collective responsibility and say, we are stepping aside. Everyone? 
the whole leadership starting starting from yes, which I level? Mean, I'm I'm saying especially NEC those or that top six. Are, Mm. No, I'm not talking about just the top six. But, I mean, where you are saying, if the ANC right now, mm. where I am, and I am talking authoritatively, mm. nobody can take that away from me. Mm. I've been with this organization since I was 12. Mm. I'm 47 now. Mm. And I am saying, if the ANC is serious about the future of this country and is serious about about it's this country people. and about young people and everybody and about shaping the moral authority of this country and getting back to its developmental rail track that it has promised. It will have to say, for the, for the first time now, we are going to say we want the leaders that are at least let's look at our leaders being dominated by people that are not that are not above 60. Mm. But that and secondly, we are also saying, but not just the age, mm. because the age may be misleading. Yes. What if you are bringing all these young people who are conflicted, who are cited in all these Guptalik yes. things, and who are getting all these monies mm. and whatnot? Mm. It's not going to help. It's not good enough. It's yeah. not going to help. Mm. The ANC, if it is saying it is capable of self-cleaning, mm. then it's got to understand that their self-cleansing comes with the responsibility of leadership, taking collective responsibility of saying we have failed the mission of the ANC mm. right now and we have failed the mission of South Africa. And therefore, we would like to take part in correcting Yes. And, and redesigning the moral compass of the ANC mm. so that it is in sync with its developmental agenda. What's your comment on, because you, you make reference every time or a lot of the time when you speak, you speak about your point of reference, which is that you are, you are educated, you've, you've studied this, you've studied that. How do you feel about the comment clever blacks? Because it, 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 it's almost a chain that gets put even on young people's ability to express themselves because they don't want to be seen to be clever blacks. What, what do you make of that statement? By the way, one of the reasons why I'm speaking out, mm. it's because it's cool to be clever, isn't it? Absolutely. Because you can be critical. <laughs> yes. And it's cool to be clever because you cannot accept something that is wrong, mm. fundamentally wrong. Mm. And I write, mm. and I, and they know, even when the leadership told me that, listen, we told the youth league to be out of your case, mm. but you must stop writing. I said, hmm, that will be the death of Makosi Koza, mm. and I have not stopped the writing. So the president, and that's not, mm. it's nice to be clever, Plex. I'm mm. hoping everyone is listening at all, <laughs> because you really, you know, the, let me tell you something about freedom. Freedom is not necessarily the low-cost housing that you get. It's not about the electricity that you get. It's also about being able to be who you want to be. It's being able to, to identify with your country. It's being able to take part in your country without fearing mm -hmm. that you might be, uh, you know, you might be uh, punished mm -hmm. for, for saying what you think is taking your country forward. Mm -hmm. So to me, being a clever black, wow, you've defeated a mm -hmm. uh, Fervut's uh, prophecy. Plan. So, so be are you clever saying, yes. as a black and be proud that you are clever. There is nothing wrong with being so a clever black. So are you saying black. that President Jacob Zuma was aligning himself 
with Fervurt's philosophy. No, when he tried I am not saying he's aligning himself with Fervurt. I'm not saying he's aligning himself with Fervurt, but all I can say mm. is that if he is directing at clever blacks, and I'm one of those clever blacks, hello, <laughs> Mr. President, yes. I am happy to be clever, and that is why I went to school. It reminds me of being black and proud. We are black and proud. Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're joining us, uh, we are speaking to uh, 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 Dr. Mako- Makosi Koza. Um, it's been it's been a riveting uh, second part of this of this uh, show. Um, as, and you got to you got to listen to the first you got to listen to the first part. You've got as to well, listen to the first one if you really want to understand. If you the haven't, context. oh man, um, I feel we, like we're captured. Just by the way, we're no, captured by Doctor Mukasa. No, you're Kos. captured. You said you said <laughs> we you've are got a captured. Crush. You but that's a, a nice capture. No, but we are They're going to be emails now. There's They're no going to come out. That's ever that not Kosi emails. Kosi emails. All capturing feels good. But I'm capturing you. To become free to express yourself and to tell me that I'm wrong. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so uh, welcome to the world of the captured, Andrew. Uh, as we begin to wrap up, uh, uh, let's speak, Doc, about uh, morality and values. Uh, you've said that when truth decom- decomposes, uh, duplicity thrives. Um, if we're going to begin to, and you've spoken passionately about what needs to happen if the ANC is going to self-correct. Um, but is it better to affect this change from the inside or the outside? That is a big question. We have seen people leaving the ANC. One can argue that the most recent significant force of uh, of change on the ANC has been the EFF, which is former ANC members who have gone out to the outside and have begun to speak in certain language that you see the ANC increasingly adopting. Um, this radical economic transformation, one might even argue, is a response to uh, EFF almost radicalizing on the outside. Uh, what What is your view around whether you the the best way to change the system whether it's the ANC uh whether the best way of changing the ANC is from the inside or outside or even if not just the ANC young people thinking about politics in general um is it best to be on the inside or the outside if you're going to change it because we've seen and we spoke about those young people that have gone in with great passion wanting to change it on the inside um ultimately either becoming despondent or uh, being captured by the rot within the inside. Again, if you're on the outside, you don't have access to the to the powers and the structures that can effect the change. So, where's the best place for young South Africans to begin to effect this change? Okay, um, one, I think let's not create the impression that if you are outside, um, you can effect a change inside. And the reason why, especially if we base it on our own experience in South Africa. In South Africa, we've had COPE that broke away from the ANC. Did they change the ANC from outside? They didn't. They started fighting over leadership squabbles. And why? That's because you get out not necessarily because of principles, but because you are following a particular personality. And uh, same thing with the EFF. The EFF, there is Malema, and suddenly we think Malema can become the moral authority when he amassed so much wealth 
Mm. Uh, within a very short space of time when he was within the ANC Youth League as the president. And suddenly we think that Mualema can become the moral authority of South Africa. Malema was fired in the ANC. Is he changing it? No, I think what is happening here, yes, he might be, he might be uh, unsettling the ANC because he understands when you are talking about patronage politics, he's a beneficiary of it. Mm. And he therefore understands exactly how, how it, it operates. Mm. So he's operating from that advantageous point. But is, is his, uh, land, uh, you know, expropriation of land without compensation and uh, land invasion going to help this country? I do not believe so. Mm. And there are two things that Malema and Zuma share. One of the things that happened with President Zuma, which I think is unfortunate, is the fact that we began to call him Baba. We never called Matiba Baba. Mm. We called him Matiba yeah. by his clan name. Yes. We called it Tabom Peggy TM. Mm. And with, with, com, with Comrade Zuma, we are calling him Baba. Mm. We are now making him some figure that is somewhere up there that is not necessarily accountable. I mean, it's very hard. You must understand this within African culture. Yes. It's very difficult to keep your father accountable. Yes. And now, if it's your comrade, you can still go back to the principles. Mm. How do I hold you accountable on the basis of the babahood? Yes. I, I mean, really. <laughs> yes. I, I, can't, I can't hold you accountable for yes. that. Yes, yes. You know? So I am saying, but if you are a president, I can hold you accountable. Mm. Yes. And if I call you TM, I'm saying I'm bringing this with your own identity yeah. as a person. Yes. So I am saying to you, that is why we found that people like Comrade Nelson Mandela were able to exit without, a, without drama. Mm. We also saw with TM, with whatever imperfections that he may have had, mm. I respect that man mm. when he had the opportunity to fight back because there was nothing that was pushing him to not to finish his term. Mm. When the leadership approached him and said, it's time for you to go, he decided to resign and he got out gracefully. Mm. Now, leaders that are elevated to that other level, it's very difficult to get rid of them. Mm. Now, Malema is another leader who is now called the commander-in-chief. Yeah. Now, you are already saying this person is has only 6% of the vote. Mm. He already has this title of commander-in-chief. And what are you going to have South Africa tomorrow? That is somebody that might rule with a decree. You wake up the following day, he has declared the state of emergency. What did you do? You allowed it. You gave him commander-in-chief. Mm. And that's what is prominent to him. A commander-in-chief is the commander of armed forces. You are bringing that military language. And that's what is a tragedy about if the EFF, the commissars. Mm. You know, you, you're bringing that uh, very militaristic language. I'm saying I'm not buying that story. Mm. So coming back to your question, I am saying, therefore, it's an illusion to think that you can change it from outside. If your motives for getting out 
are not in pursuit of a better good or you are not coming with an alternative that is going to make sense. And again, I am saying, even Rampele Ahang, I honestly do think that one of the things that I think was a tragedy with Rampele, mm. one, I honestly do think that she's an academic. Mm. And you see, once you are a leader, and you, 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 you know, you, you, you are just entering this game of politics. Mm. We still wanted to establish your principles. Mm. We want to know who you are. Mm. The next thing you get assimilated mm. and then you backtrack. When she joined the DA, that was a suicide. Yes. Now, to me, I think you don't do that. If you wanted to be an outstanding leader, you become like Nelson Mandela. Mm. Makosi Koza may be a lone voice today. Mm. And Madiba, it took him 30 years. And he was very consistent with his messaging. Even when he was offered a mention and whatnot to say, if you decide that you are getting out, if you decided to abandon this thing, we will do this and that for you. He did not have instant gratification. Mm. Mm. Our problem is that we are short-termists. If I get out maybe tomorrow, I would never want people to follow Makosi Kosa. Mm. Follow principles. Because if you follow principles, if Makosi Kosa is also doing something wrong, she must be held to account and she must be fired. So let's ask you a question. The, The vote of no confidence has been tabled. The next one. Does that confirm the way you'll be voting in the next Let me tell you, what I want with that vote of no confidence, and the reason why I'm not going to tell you Mm. how I'm going to be voting, I can tell you now that I wrote to the speaker, and I said, Madam Speaker, I've been threatened, and I implore upon you to make this vote of no confidence secret. Consider some of us and other members who may not be able to exercise what they are supposed to do based on this or on the fact that they may be intimidated. The court has laid the ball on your court. So I'm not going to be self-sabotaging. I have asked the deputy speaker and it will be, I've been in politics in Danam for a very long time, from when I was 12. Mm. I'm not about to share with you how am I going to vote. But I am going to tell you that whatever decisions I made, I make, my moral conscience is always at the center. I can never betray myself. I can never betray my grandmother who saw a Nubian queen, a queen of justice in me. Let's, uh, unfortunately, again, we found ourselves running out of time in the second part of this. If you've joined the show a little late, you've got to check out. There's two parts to this uh, podcast. We are sitting with Dr. Makosikosa, and I think, Rory, we are both captured because we're not asking the hard questions because the truth that that you speak is just incredible. It's been a fascinating conversation. Lastly, as we wrap up, if 2019... Um, if the end of 2017 comes and the results don't go your way and you are disillusioned about the ANC and where it's going, what next? 
for Dr. Makosi Kwasa. Where does she go? How does she find her way in the world? You see, I'm a mother. Ne? I have children. When I want a particular outcome, I devote myself to that outcome. And when that outcome fails, that's the only time I take a decision. What you want me to do, you want me to negate what I've said. Mm. I've said we have this policy conference. We have the December elective conference. What we do at the end of December will define the moment. Probably it will also define where Makosi Kosa goes. Mm. So why don't we give this process a chance? Mm -hmm. Let's give this process a chance and let's hope that if they have the ears and they can feel what I feel, when they can see what I see and they can touch what I touch and they can, you know, I, I mean, I'm saying they can think the way I think. I'm hoping that we may have a different outcome. Otherwise, the word miracle would not exist. <laughs> if, if miracles don't happen, let's hope for the miracle in December. So miracles uh, are right. I've, I've just miracles got one right. last question. Last last question. Uh, uh, so I thought that was the last I question. Thought I that thought was, that was the last question. Why too, haven't Rory? they yeah. killed you? We're seeing killings in in Richmond, mayors. Um, you know. So it seems it seems in South Africa it's very easy to dispose of a person, and you are becoming let's call it a, a, a thorn in the side of some people. Why do you think they haven't yet killed you? Why was I not killed during the 1980s? They tried though. I was. I was 14 years when I was in prison. Mm. When Stelo Jomu, that young man in Soweto died, uh, was, was killed. Mm. I was in prison. Mm. I've survived numerous attempts. There's one thing you can't threaten me with. Mm. Don't threaten me with death. Because I honestly believe that if you allow to be intimidated you are actually signing yourself out of relevance. However, I am not a suicide bomber. Mm. I love life mm. and I want it to live. I take precautions, security precautions, but what a way to die if you die for what you believe in. Mm. Remember Socrates? Yes. When he had that moment, he had that moment mm. when he could have just escaped in Athens. Mm. He could have just left. Mm. But he said, I want to subject myself to the laws of this country. Remember, we've signed this social contract. And what a way to die. When you die and you know exactly that I am dying because I love my people. And I want young people to know it's good to be in pursuit of truth, irrespective of the consequences. Mm. And that's what I live for. Madiba did it, and many other people did it. Krisani did it. There are so many people. Amika Cabral did it. And he was assassinated in 1973. Guess what? You can, you can assassinate a person, but you, can't assassinate but you cannot assassinate 
the wisdom mm. that comes with those people. Today, Jesus Christ is one of the most celebrated people on planet Earth. Mm. By the way, at that time, he had a very small, a very, very yeah. few following. He didn't have Robert, social media. He, he didn't have Facebook. Not, he, didn't he, have social he walked media. everywhere he went. He didn't. <laughs> uh, yes. And we don't even know where his grave is up until this day. Yes. Did he die? Mm. No. Mm. Am I, do I care? Mm. To be honest with you, as long as I'm happy with what I say and I know that what I say is what I represent and that is what I was taught by my diva and is what I was taught by Charlotte Makeke and is what I've learned from all the revolutionaries of our time, Amika Kapral being one of them, Franz Fanon, I mean Franz Fanon, those are, are, my, are the people that I live with on a daily basis, Maya mm. Angelo and so mm. many people. Mm. So I am saying to you, yes, Martin Luther the King was assassinated, but did he die? Mm. I don't believe so. Wow. Thank you. Hmm. And on and that note, Andrew. That's it. That's where we leave that. Let's get out of here, man. Wow. Makosa Kosa, thank you so much. Okay. Doctor. <laughs> ah, doctor, you've been preaching. You've been preaching. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, and if you've missed any of this podcast or the last one, you, you gotta, I mean, go and give yourself a bath in being alive, in recommitting yourself to this country and listen to what this wonderful person has to say. Uh, I'm certainly recommitted. Dr. Fkosa, go forth, fear not. Well, you've got people behind you. Uh, you've got this, and uh, I imagine there are a lot of young people that are backing you. To um, be honest with you, I am very humbled by the manner in which many people of South Africa have come to my support. I received a lot of support from the South African Women's Collective, uh, Barbara Masikela, Women like that, I mean, who doesn't want to be getting an endorsement from Gertrude Shop? Those are the women that mm. groom me. When they called me in and they actually issued a statement to say, we understand where you are. And today, I had another signature. Mm. Winnie Mandela. Mm. I mean, when, when that woman grabbed me by hand today, I felt, I felt like at least I'm not betraying yes. the ANC mission. Mm. I feel vindicated. Thank you. Amen. Mm. Andrew, let's really get out of here. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to Frankly Speaking. We will see you again. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, Vito. This is CliffCentral.com.